Welcome to the Evolving Accountant Podcast. We all know that some accountants can be boring, but definitely not this one. Why talk trial balances and P&L when we can get ripped jeans into the boardroom and hear business insights from people who have really walked the talk? Get ready. Here comes an all-new episode with your host, Darren Wingfield. Hi, and welcome to another episode of the Evolving Accountant Podcast. So, today's guest is Gavin Sewell from Honcho. So, a little bit about Honcho. They are changing the way drivers across the UK buy their insurance. Ultimately, by asking insurance providers to bid against each other with even lower prices in real time to try and win your business. So, pretty revolutionary, really. Um, Think of it similar as compare the market a bit, but in reverse. I won't go into much more. We'll go straight into uh, the conversation with Gavin. Hi, Gavin, and welcome to the show today. For our listeners, um, tell us all a little bit about yourself, but more importantly, why you get out of bed each morning. Hi, Darren. So, uh, I'm Gavin Sewell. I'm the CEO of Honcho Markets. Um, Honcho Markets operates the first real-time reverse auction marketplace for insurance product distribution. Um, But first, a little bit about me. I'm a computer scientist by training. I went to Manchester University in the early 90s and did a comp sci degree. Uh, And then I pretty much went straight away to work in the financial markets in London. So, I worked for Deutsche Bank Security Services for a while, Deutsche Bank. Uh, I set up a small software house writing uh, trading systems that were sold to uh, investment banks and hedge funds. Um, that was a business we sold to, to SunGuard. I worked in the US for a number of years for Morgan Stanley. Um, came back to the UK and worked a bit longer for them, advising hedge funds how to set up their, their technology platforms. Uh, then I spent a chunk of time working for State Street, another big US um, investment bank in London. Um, and uh, then went to Paris and set up a hedge fund for five years and then came back to the northeast. Um, so, um, you know, w- what excites me, look, I really love building things. Um, so I like building trading systems, technology systems, um, Lego, garden sheds, whatever it is. I just really <laughs> like building stuff. So, so I, I, I'm very excited when we're doing something new, when we're making something from scratch. Um, and I, I get kind of less excited when things stay the same all the time. Okay. Wow, <laughs> what what a start! So I suppose the next one was about what your career journey, but it's sort of you yeah. don't you don't stay still. So hopefully so, you're going to sit long enough to finish this podcast. <laughs> probably be wary. Um, but what what sort of where what's your stage where it's like right? That's enough. I'm moving. That's it. I'm moving. Is it? What sort of the trigger for you there? Then? Yeah, I think that's a good question. Actually, I'm not. I'm not sure I've particularly analysed it that much. Um, I think what's happened in my career is that we've got to the natural conclusion of certain things, and that's prompted me to look for something else to do um, or move on. So, I mean, certainly when you know, Morgan Stanley, I've done a, a whole bunch of stuff for them over four or five years. Uh, we got to the end of a particular project. I was thinking, well, you know, what do I, what do, I do now? And I, I looked around the, the, the institution some, and then I was approached just sort of by the by by a, a friend of mine who was a rock climber uh, I did lots of rock climbing he does as well and I said look we're doing this new thing at State Street we need someone to come and help us with it do you fancy it so it, it, things like that have, have just come across my Naturally doorstep as it were yeah. naturally happened 
um, and I've moved on. And I've always been interested in in you know, running my own businesses and, and and setting things up from scratch. So whenever there's been an opportunity to do that, I've 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 leapt at it most times, um, and that's why I've done a couple of startups before Honcho, and when that opportunity's come up, just just grabbed it. Um, so yeah, so no, there hasn't been a kind of definitive plan. Um, it, it's been much more ad hoc than that. Okay. Taking opportunity where it comes, basically. Yeah, just jump at it. So we've spoken a little. Let's talk about Hunch, though. So where did the idea originally come from? So there was a business in the northeast uh, that was looking to build a mobile-first price comparison website. Um, now, I was introduced to them after I came back from Paris, after we'd sold the hedge fund. Um, and I, I was looking for something interesting to do that kind of combined my experience with electronic trading systems and financial markets and kind of the, the pricing optimization that comes out of electronic marketplaces. Um, and was introduced to, uh, in essence, the co-founders now of, of this business. Um, and we, we, we talked about taking a mobile first price comparison website project um, and pivoting it a bit to be a um, an electronic trading exchange for for insurance distribution. So, in essence, bringing what I was interested in in my skill set to to uh, an idea that was being formed with respect to sort of the price comparison world. So that's and, we, and, and I was introduced by my chiropractor. I, I suffer from climbing induced bad neck and back, and okay. uh, and, and the other founder in the business um, also saw the same chiropractor when we were introduced, and uh, and that's how we we ended up working together. There's a weird story for yeah. <laughs> that. How did you meet? <laughs> it's, yeah, it just it's, it's random, but it's it's worked out brilliantly. So going into the product a bit more, then what what sort of explain what what it does or how it how it impacts an individual? Or yeah, so um, it's as I said, it's a reverse auction electronic marketplace for insurance distribution. Um, from a layperson's perspective, you, if you imagine it as the combination between a price comparison website, so confuse, go compare, compare the market, etc., and kind of an eBay exchange, but in reverse. Um, so what does that mean? So, so we're trying to do a few things to address issues that we see in, in the insurance marketplace. Price comparison websites have dominated that space for 15 years or so, and, and what they encourage is people buying the lowest priced product. Right, because you tend to pick from the top of the list, yeah. and the top of the list is the cheapest insurance product. Um, what that means from an insurer's point of view is, to sell product, you need to be at the top of the list, which means you need the cheapest product, which means you have to pull out lots of features from those products so that you can sell them cheaply. So what does that mean from a consumer's perspective is you end up buying something that's probably not ideal for your needs. You buy the cheapest thing rather than the best thing or the thing that you actually need. So that, that's an issue, right? And then at the same time, you've got problems in the industry with dual pricing, that is where you get something really cheap in the first year and, and then the price goes up substantially. Um, so you have all of that, which is negative from a consumer perspective. And then from, from an insurer perspective, uh, that dominance of price comparison websites really affects their distribution. So they feel they have to be on these channels, they're expensive channels, they don't particularly react well to insurers trying to push new product. Um, they're, they're hard to work with. They've got restrictive practices and some unpleasant commercial terms. So, from an insurer perspective, you know they're not great either. So, so what we've done with Honcho is, is try to address both sides of that inequality. On the consumer side, we've got a great digital journey. So it's, it's interesting. It's fun. It's convenient, uh, which is different to what you see with the price comparison websites. 
being websites. Um, But furthermore, we really focus on asking consumers what it is that they need in a product. So we try and explain the non-homogenous items, elements of an insurance product and say, look, okay, there's all these extras and differences. Which of those do you really need? Now, once we capture all that information, we we shoot that over to our insurers uh, and we say to them, if you have a good product at a good price, please enter our auction. And by the way, we're going to disincentivize you from entering our auction if you don't have a good product or price because we're going to charge you to enter the auction. Now, that's really very different from an insurer's perspective because on, in a price comparison uh, website, they get charged only on sale. And it's quite chunky, 60, 100 quid um, uh, fee by the PCW to sell to sell uh, an insurance policy. So we're going to charge them a pound but to enter an auction, whether they win or they lose. Okay. So what we're trying to do there is, is it really only get to them to put something in front of the consumer that's right for the consumer. Anyway, so we get a, a bunch of these bids back uh, from our insurers. And for each one, we score it. We call it the honchometer score, but in essence, we score it against what the consumer said they needed. Okay, so for each one of those products, we, we generate a score, and then we take all of the uh, policies we've got from just those who decided to enter the auction, all scored up and with a price and everything else, and we send it back to all of those insurers. And what that allows them to do in real time is see what their competition is doing in terms of a, a suitable product for that consumer and price. And it allows them to flex their product and price to, in essence, get ahead of the game and either present a better proposition, mm-hmm. I put a better product up there, or flex the price. Uh, in, in essence, it's an optimization problem, right? And they can optimize product and price to get the best thing in front of the consumer in the context of what the rest of the market's doing. Um, and we go through a couple of rounds of that auction like that, allowing them to optimize their product price. And at the end of it, we display to the user a short list of results. So normally they would see 100 and something plus policies on a PCW for car yeah. insurance. We put back 10 to 15. Um, and they're ranked by the honchometer score. So how closely does it match what you said you needed? And then secondary to that is the price. And then they can expect, inspect those uh, policies and then go ahead and buy them on, on the uh, insurance website. So what we're trying to do is, is really focus on consumer product fit from the point of view of the uh, insurance uh, policy that they buy. And we're really trying to help insurers um, well, target their, their sweet spot in terms of demographic, uh, but also access a much cheaper and much more insightful distribution channel than they have with PCWs. Okay, wow. <laughs> so, a co- couple of questions on that one. So, as me as the consumer, yeah. how long is it going to take me to get like that final presentation? Yeah. So, it's not long actually. So, each of the rounds takes eight, eight to ten seconds. All right, so okay. from when you've captured all your data, you say, right, get me some bids. Um, Ten seconds later, the first round of bids will be back. And, and as soon as they're back, that data packet has gone out to the insurers with information about what their competitors are up to and the honchometer score. And then eight to ten seconds later, their optimized product price is back. And then we could do one more round like that, so the whole thing takes 30 seconds. All right. It was when you were here, I was here, and I was like, this is like two or three days each round. No, no, so, so, it's, all, so it's all algorithmic, right? So the insurers today, they already have these, these algorithmic risk pricing engines that basically say... For your definition of risk, I, that's the questions they ask you, right, normally. For your definition of risk, what price do they generate? So what we've allowed them to do... It's normally when I have to say how many write-offs I've had. Well, yeah, that's yeah, exactly all that kind <laughs> of stuff. Like, your, you know, your, your claims history and yeah, where do you park your car and all that kind of stuff, right? So that's how they work out what to charge you uh, as a premium. Um, we... Um, so, so yeah, so, so they have algorithmic engines that, that, that do that, basically. They come up with that price based on those parameters. What we allow them to do is take that this sort of extra commercial data and build new algorithmic pricing that sits alongside that 
that allows them to optimize the product and the price. But it's all done in real time, right? So it's all data driven. It's all based on algos, pricing algos, and, and product selection algos. Um, and that's why it doesn't take a vast amount of time. Okay. We can do it in 30 seconds. Cool. So I'm probably going out on a limb here, but if I was to do compare the market or Meerkat or whichever one you wanted versus Honsho, yeah. what am I more likely to see value driven? or cost-driven? So you will see a short list um, of policies. Firstly, right, that, that would be the big difference. Um, on, on Compare the Market, for example, you'll see 100, 120 policies come yeah. back. Well, dependent. I mean, unless you're really a hopeless driver, in which case people perhaps don't want to insure you. But um, you, you'll see a much shorter list on Honcho, um, and it will be scored by that applicability um, to what you said you needed. Um, and then with respect to price, you know, there's the opportunity there for that price to be cheaper for you. So if we've got the right insurers on the panel that it normally would provide you a very competitive price, what then happens is that firstly we're charging them less to acquire you as a user because we're charging yeah. them a quid, not, not 60 to 100 quid. Uh, and then we're giving them the insight into what their competition is up to. And both of those things allow for the price to be flexed downwards in your favour. So assuming we already have on the panel somebody who's going to be good for you in terms of price, then you're likely to see a cheaper price than what you'd see for that person on the PCW right. because they've got, they've got this overhead of saving, basically, you know, 60, 60 quid. Yeah. Uh, and they've got the insight as to what the rest of them are doing and therefore they can flex. So rather than you having to call them up and go, well, I've seen it cheaper down the road, mm. they know that because they can see in our market safe packet that you've seen it cheaper down the road, right? Uh, and they can respond to that. So the, the, all of the factors are there to allow them to price you cheaper through Honcho. Okay, that's cool. So, sort of back to an individual, we've gone through that. But so I've seen on your website was Huncho Rewards. Yes. So, what is it? What is it? So, um, actually, we partnered with another great northeast business called Redo. Okay. Uh, they're over over in Siam, um, and and they have a uh, paid for premium product called Reward Me Now, um, which you can sign up to. And within Reward Me Now. And there's a there's a a yearly fee to access it. I can't remember exactly what it is, but in essence, you you sign up to reward me now, um, and that gives you discounts at high street retailers, so supermarkets, you know, Primark, Asos, um, all of those places. So there's, there's a hundred and something resellers on there where you can access kind of up to ten percent discount. Okay. Um, so what what we've we've gone into partnership with them. If you um, get bids through Honcho, that gives you access to um, Honcho Rewards, which in essence is, is the Honcho branded Reward Me Now product from Moody. Right. Um, and within that, you know, without the upfront fee that they would normally charge you, uh, you can access all of these rewards and you, and you can get savings on your on your high street groceries or, or, or clothes or whatever. Awesome. So there was another, while we're talking about the website, there was another blog that sort of caught my attention um, and it was around, uh, let me think of the word, that you don't, I've, I've never heard of the insurance. Yeah. The insurers, sorry. Yeah. So, um, just going into that a little, and it was talking about like, put the trust in yourselves and yep. that you don't need to know them yep. all the time rather than paying for that big brand. So the, the insurance landscape is a complicated landscape in the UK. I mean, you have the big names you've heard of, Admiral, Direct yeah. Line, Hastings, etc., And then you have brokers, so they're insurers. Then you have brokers, and what, and what do brokers do? Well, they used to be on the high street, and you walk into their shop, and you say, okay, I need to find an insurance policy. And then they look in their book, and they look at Admiral, they look at Direct Line, and look at whoever else, right, at Aviva and AXA and all the rest. Uh, and they pick a policy at a price for you. Now, you have digital brokers today doing exactly the same thing. So a couple of good ones, you know, Brightside is a good example, Adrian Flux is a good example, um, on the Honcho platform, where underneath them, you've got all your Zurich, Aviva, AXA, etc. Um, but they choose one of those for you, and they sell it as Brightside. 
Okay. Um, so you, you buy a bright side policy, but actually underneath is AXA. Right. Yeah. So, so that's why we're saying, look, actually, be aware that there's kind of this you know, pyramid of names, as it were. And at the bottom, you've got a whole bunch of underwriters, you know, your Zurichs and your Axis and the like. And then above that, you've got some, some brokers, digital brokers, you might you know, well know the name of, Adrian Flux. Is, is a good example. Uh, and then alongside that, you've got some MGAs and, and they're people who have underwriting capacity from someone else and, and produce product. So there's lots of different entities in the insurance marketplace, um, but all of them in the end are underwritten by someone who's an FCA authorized business, right? Yeah. So we will only partner with businesses that are FCA authorized uh, and therefore you, you can rely on us that we're presenting a product that's, you know, that, that is backed by that assurance, as it were. Yeah, so you're sort of seeing something, but once again, it's that brand that you're not paying a fortune for yeah. by going on to yeah. compare the market. But probably underneath, you've got an AXA. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. So what's sort of coming next? What's around the corner for either yourself as an individual or uh, for Honshaw? So for, for the business, well, at the moment in the business, we're uh, completing a, another funding round. So we've been through a bunch of funding rounds, as you might imagine, to take a yeah. product from from idea stage to something that's that's now solidly in market. Um, so that's completing at the moment. Uh, what we, platforms that are? So we them? no no we oh. did on Crowdcube. Oh, Crowdcube. So that was our second trip to Crowdcube. We did our first trip to Crowdcube at our MVP raise stage in February 2018, um, and since then we've had some VC investment from from Maven Capital Partners in, um, yeah. up in Edinburgh. Although they've got an office actually in Newcastle. Um, and, Durham. And, and in Durham downstairs, <laughs> although actually, I think most of the time it's empty. But, uh, <laughs> no, but they have offices in the northeast. Um, and we've done a second trip to, to Crowdcube now. Um, so we're closing a 1.2 million raise at the moment. Uh, and that's going to allow us to grow our panel of market participants. It's going to allow us to roll out dedicated van insurance and learner insurance products. Okay. And it's going to allow us to build out our suite of B2B capability. So affiliate partnerships, affinity partnerships, and we're building a SaaS product as well. Um, so that we can put Honcho behind a whole bunch of other affinity type brands. Okay. And when's that due to complete? Uh, so that's, so that, 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 that's, all, that's all the work for this year, basically. Uh, so the, the funding round's completing this month. Okay. Um, Van should go live either this month or next. Uh, learner just after that uh, and then all of those B2B projects will, will, will be running all year so the dev guys have got some work to do so the dev guys have got a lot of work to do <laughs> yeah indeed so moving on slightly then are you do you have any events that you're hosting or are you got any more guest speaking uh, so now and again I, I, I do speak at uh, insurance related events typically in London. Right. Um, I get asked to do things like this now and again, actually. So I'm, I think I'm doing one with the Entrepreneurs Forum when they do their their big uh, yearly event right. in April, perhaps. Okay. Um, so, no, so, so I do get asked uh, to speak at various things, particularly in the context of Northeast businesses and fundraising. Mm. Uh, so I did one last week for, I think it's called Durham First, uh, in front of a whole bunch of Durham, Durham University students to say, what's it like? creating a business, how do you go about it, where do you fund it, um, what are the pitfalls, what do you need to do, all that kind of thing. So, so no, so I do I do, do some of those. So I, th- I think the next one is probably the Entrepreneurs Forum one event. Um, I, th- I think it's April or May. I'm not together sure. I need to look at my diary. Okay. So then, last few questions from me. To, well, we're going all motivational now. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> what do you wish you'd known when you'd started out? Uh, how long it takes incumbent insurers in the UK to do anything from a technology perspective. Um, it has taken so much longer than we had planned to integrate insurers, um, either because they are 
themselves involved in a whole bunch of, of technology projects. So maybe they're replatforming their entire business. So it's some of those we've been in conversation with are doing that, and that takes years. Uh, or they've got a huge backlog of other things, whether it be that regulatory or, or you know, other products that they're, they're building for themselves. Um, and, and therefore, it's taken a very long time to, to get those integrations done. Um, so I wish I'd known that. Um, I wish I'd known how hard it would be to, to raise money and how much time it takes. Mm. Um, that's taken more of my time than I would have imagined. Um, but yeah, all, all that being said, I mean, you just, you just push on right, when you're doing it. So um, I, I'm glad I didn't know all those things back then because <laughs> I might not have decided to do it. Yeah, I was going to say. So how many insurance, insurance companies do you actually have on the platform? So we've got 13 live today, which has got 30 brands behind it. Right. So it's 13 vendors, and behind those are your 30 Axes, Zurich, etc. Okay. Uh, we've got another 16 or 17 in integration at the moment. Um, so we should be up to circa 30 um, by April, May. Awesome. Um, so we'll have a decent-sized panel at that so point go, in time. So going quickly. Yeah. So do, um, do you have any sort of recommended reading or videos or... Do you have a mentor sort of program going there? Is, how does Gavin learn? Where do you get your yeah, so, insights from? I mean, in, in terms of sort of mentoring and things, I mean, I've, I've uh, been involved with organisations in the northeast that, that help entrepreneurs and uh, and help sort of startup ecosystems. So Dynamo's been very useful. Oh, yeah. Um, We're and, a member uh, of that. Excellent. Right, there you go. So, so Dawn Dunn at Dynamo's been fantastic, helping to try and build a fintech centre of excellence in the northeast. Um, at the start of this journey, the Entrepreneurs Forum is very useful as well, just, just in terms of speaking with other people going through a similar journey. Um, and more recently, we won a spot on the uh, Tech Nation FinTech program. So we are one of the 2019-2020 FinTech cohort. Right. Um, so that's the, the 23 uh, FinTech businesses most likely to disrupt FinTech in the UK. That's, that's how we got chosen for that. But that's been super insightful because they, they, they have given us access to uh, their alumni members, which includes your Starlings and your Revolutes and your Monzos and right. Market Invoice and, and you know, Credit Kudos and a whole bunch of people like that um, who we've been able to ask questions of and say, look, you know, you've been through this, we're going through this, um, what's your advice and what are the pitfalls? So that's, that has been super useful, actually, really, really insightful, kind of all Chatham House rules behind closed doors, so very, very insightful uh, about these you know, successful businesses journeys and, and how we can learn from that so did you have to apply for that yeah yeah there were hundreds there were hundreds who applied for that so we were very lucky to win a to, to win a spot on that is there anyone else in the northeast oh. two others uh, a business called canny um in in newcastle and a business called paid um somewhere towards sunderland i think um anyway yeah so so a couple of, in fact i think the northeast was the best represented region outside of london awesome yeah, so that's really good news, right? So, so fintech is is gaining that traction in in the northeast. But 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 those organisations I find you know, super helpful because you can ask people who've done it before what their experience was and and how that can help with your journey. So I find that very useful. So is that sort of like a year long program or? Yeah, so we kicked off in the summer for that, and it'll finish I think in April. Well, we're supposed to be doing a, a trip to New York to, to to meet with a whole bunch of US VCs. Um, who are interested in funding VTech, um, fintech in the UK? Um, I'm not sure that's going to happen right now, though, with, with the coronavirus. Yeah, so, uh, might have a slight so th- that might be delayed. So, so it might go on longer than perhaps we thought. Right. Um, last question from me. If someone wants to pop by and say hi, how do they find you? So we have uh, a good presence on LinkedIn, uh, on Facebook, uh, on Twitter, and of course we're here in Salvas House in Durham. So yeah. 
you can approach me. Don't come unannounced, perhaps, but, <laughs> but certainly you, know, you, you can drop me uh, an email. Uh, you'll find my email address on the website, or, or you can uh, drop me a connection through LinkedIn or, or Twitter. And um, yeah, happy to have a chat with anyone in the Northeast who, who wants to learn something about fintech or funding or whatever. Awesome. Just want to say thank you for your time today, Gavin. It's been great. Gavin, you're most welcome. Thank Thanks you. very much. Thanks for Gavin for spending his time with us today. Um, it was great to be able to grab for 20 minutes to get this podcast for everyone. Do hope you enjoyed it. I hope you got something from it. Obviously, Gavin's had a very, very busy journey so far. Um, I was worried I wouldn't get all the way to the end. Anyway, as always, let us know what you thought of it. Don't forget to subscribe to the Evolving Accountant Podcast and drop me an email. Let me know of any feedback that you have or even better if you could leave a review on iTunes or whatever your chosen platform is. Until next time, guys. Speak soon. Thanks for listening to The Evolving Accountant. You can find out more and get show notes for this and all our other episodes at theevolvingaccountant.co.uk.